Okay, good evening everyone. Thanks for coming. So the truth is we're in the middle of a sugya, the sugya of washing dishes. Simon Sadi Hay in Yaradea. But since we haven't learned in a few weeks together, so we'll go back and discuss some of the some of the halachas that we mentioned. And today we will discuss sinks. Hopefully in the next few weeks we'll discuss dishwashers, commercial dishwashers, and keep going through Hilchas Basu Bukhalov. So when we discuss the the concept or the topic of washing dishes in halacha, there are four different considerations that we uh, take into account. The first one, and that is our sugya on Simen Sadihei, is the sugya of Nat Barnat, of Noisin Tam Bar Noisin Tam. This is the basic ABCs of the world of Parv. For example, if a person cooked noodles in a clean fleshic pot, so those noodles have the status of a Nat Barnat, what you could do with those noodles, that's a machlekes, Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah. Shulchan Aruch says you could add cheese to it. The Ramah says you cannot. But if cheese was added, you could eat it. Additionally, the Ramah held, if the pot was not used in 24 hours, then you could indeed add cheese to it. There was a famous uh, classic machlekes in the Paiskim. In the Ramah's eyes, can one lechatchila take a binyame pot, Let's say Erev Shavuos, you're cooking, and you ran out of uh, milchik pots, and you want to use a fleshik pot that hasn't been used in a few weeks. You want to use that to cook parv noodles, al das, to put uh, cheese on it. That was a machoikas. The chachmas uh, adam is only mekel if that's the last pot you have in the house. Other poskim are mekel lagamri, and others were machmer. So that's the first concept of not or not. How does this come up regarding dishwashers? So let's assume a person just purchased their dishwasher or sink from uh, Lowe's, if you're a basic Pasha Tayyid, a little fancier, you went to your town appliance, you spent a few thousand dollars, you got a beautiful dishwasher. Now that dishwasher is parv. It's not milchik, it's not fleshik, it's parv. When you initially wash, that first time you're washing your uh, your dishes, you make a shechianu, you're washing your dishes in that dishwasher. What have you done to your dishwasher? Have you made it milchiks? Have you made it? Uh, have, you, have you changed the status of the dishwasher? So lechayra, let's assume, assuming the plates were clean, it, why would you wash it? I don't know. Let's see, only had parv in there, but you had milchik plates or fleshik plates that didn't have any contents that were fleshik or milchiks on the on the surface. You simply uh, you made a salad, and now you're washing it in your sink or dishwasher. Why don't we say the same thing that the plate which has the blia the blia goes into the water in the dishwasher or sink, and that water goes into the sink, but that water is already a nap or not. It's the same halachic status as the par of noodles that I mentioned three minutes ago. So that that is consideration number one. The shulchan aruch, the mechaber, is nekel and says that as long as there's no actual meat or milchitz, whatever the case is, then you would be allowed to wash uh, milchitz spoons or fleshic spoons not at the same time, in a in a parv uh, pot, in a parv dishwasher, because that dishwasher never becomes milchiks, never becomes milchiks because it's not by not. That's the sheet of the Shulchan Aruch. As we mentioned, the Ramah and Ashkenazim are machmir, for one of two reasons, based on Taisvis. The most simple way of understanding it is that there's a concern the blia from the fork is going to hit the, is going to connect with the uh, the the um, pot without having time to get weak in the water. So as opposed to the noodles, there's two steps. The, you have 
a fleshig pot, you cooked noodles in it, but the blia of the fleshig pot went into the noodles, and only later on you're gonna add cheese to it. But over here, it's it might hit that that uh, that that keli right away, and therefore one is not allowed to use this uh, this 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 uh, pot for both milchiks and fleshiks. Now even in this case, the Ramah says if it's a ena ben yoimoy, it would be mutter. So that was the first uh, consideration. When it comes to washing dishes, that perhaps if the sink is in a benyoimai, you would be allowed to use the same sink for both milchiks and fleshiks as long as you wait 24 hours between use. And lechayer, without getting into the details that we have to wait for next week, that would apply to washing dishes as well. Yes, Rabbi Yossi. Well, quickly, what is the point as, <coughs> as mamish? I mean, every dirty dish is going to have something, a pirurin. Right, so in a week or two when we discussed this, so one of my uh, colleagues or seniors at the CRC, he went around to Chicago, and in, in Chicago, and he, he gave people cameras to put into the dishwashers. So he has, uh, he has data. He, he has, uh, you know, the average, uh, what, what goes on in people's houses, much of Shabbos, and what people do is they clean off most of their dish, but they do in fact leave fleshiks and milchiks and inachanami. It could be that this whole discussion is, is not nageya because people do leave residue on it. And as I mentioned in passing, that today's dishwashers, especially the one you're getting in town appliance, that's efficient and costs $5,000 to be more efficient, they use a very small amount of water. As opposed to the old dishwashers, they used a gallon of water, two gallons of water per, per cycle. Here they're using very small amounts of water, which is good. It saves you money, but it, it, it makes it worse. You don't have bittel and other considerations. Okay, so we'll get to that, that so, uh, aspect So, so soon. what about if the guy did a cold cycle first, he was able, I don't know if you could control oh, it. So you got, no, that, that's then, what happened. Then do a hot cycle. That's talk what happens. We'll see. The first rinse gets rid of all the mamashas. That's the point. It's supposed to drain everything. And then it sterilizes it with hot water. So if it's true, and we'll see, it could be that's correct. Um, so then we have the same shiloh. We don't have any be'en. We don't have mamashas. We just have uh, dishes. Is it not or not or not? So that's the first consideration. The second consideration was, are we dealing with a klirisha and klisheni? What exactly are we dealing with? So we'll get to it with sinks and with dishwashers. The third consideration is how we concluded the shir last time, and that is pigima. That the machaber said if there's soap in the mixture, he says yirali. This is in sifdalid in simen sadihe. That if they put afer, if they put the soap in the water, so then the blias do not travel, and it will be mutter to do it at the same time. You you would even be able to have fleshik pots and milchik pots at the same time. One important machlekes. I think my father mentioned this last time. Is that the mechaber says you would have to put in the water, the soap first before you put the dishes in, so that the blia wouldn't wouldn't travel. It sounds like from the mechaber and, and the uh, and some of the paiskim, I think the semach tzedek is medayik, that if the soap was only added later on, it doesn't kasher the dish. What does that mean? Soap. Everyone agrees that. Pigima works. The question is if soap works, we said, yes, we've tasted soap. You could taste soap yourself. It doesn't taste good. It's pugum. What does that mean? That means if the blia was traveling from dish A to dish B and it hit the soap in root, so now the blia, the tom, doesn't have a good taste anymore and it cannot affect the other dish. That everyone agrees to. However, the question is, what if the blia did travel? Now, I want to kosher my dish by using soap. How does that work? Maybe I could put soap into the dish. Let's say a person, uh, this comes up. You have uh, communities, they do a kashering fear 
Erev Pesach, or a few, hopefully a few days before Pesach, they do a koshering event, you bring your stuff, and they kosher it. Now the question is, you know, we're going to see throughout the Shirim, you can't kosher something via Hagala unless you have have waited 24 hours. If it's a Ben Yoy you can't do Hagala. Hagala is not going to work. Unless you have Shishim, you have 60 times water against what they're bringing to you. But let's say you don't. So in many communities, what they do is they add soap or uh, some type of a pigima to the water. How does that work? Well, it, wor- it happens to be it works in that case because they're going to assume the blea came out. It hit the soap in the water. And even if it went back in, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't have a good taste anymore. But the question is, let's say a person cannot kosher. You can't wait 24 hours. Can I kosher by putting soap into the dish? Does that work? By, by putting hot soap into the dish. When would you do this? So the most common application, of course, the uh, Pesach fears. But let's say you're, you have a, a wedding. You have an event in a non-kosher hotel, a non-kosher event center. And you tell them, okay, the kitchen has to be closed for 24 hours before uh, we do prep. So what if they say... No, we're not going to wait 24 hours. We have an event Saturday night. You can come in Sunday morning, do whatever you want, Rabbi, but you're not touching. We're going to be operating Saturday night. So you can't, you don't have 24 hours down. How could you kosher for the wedding? So many caterers, they don't even kosher anymore. They have equipment on trucks and they're not interested in using the hotel's kitchen anyways. But in other places, they do have to kosher. You are relying on the hotel's equipment. So one of the things that people do is they will kosher via pegima. They'll say that I'll put soap, I'll put some type of detergent. There are different uh, things to do. And, uh, and, and, and I'll kosher by adding soap to it. So that's a discussion. There's another machoikas on this topic. How hot does the soap have to be? Do we say that as long as it's yatzele, that's what the Shulchan Aruch here says, then we assume you, you were pegim the blia, Or we say no that it has to be done at the same temperature as Haggalah, 212. So the, the problem is most detergents are not going to stick around and, and wait for your water to get to 212. It just doesn't work like that. They will boil out. It will lose its potency. It won't be a pegima at 212 degrees. So if you're a machmer for this, which the chazanish was machmer, and uh, one will not rely on the soap. Just to touch upon Starbucks for a second, assuming that they, the dishwasher that is used at Starbucks is a problem, we'll talk about it if it's a Clevish and Clichene, one of the things that people say is that there's soap anyways in the dishwasher, and therefore, even if the latte wand or brew basket or any Kaylee that will be touching a hot coffee would get washed in the same dishwasher as a tray for knife, there's soap, and soap would not affect it. So what does that mean, that there's soap? Over here, it's one of two things. Either the soap is there that any blia would hit the soap in a root. Now, that would work. The problem is that there's there's usually a sanit, a, a sterilization rinse as par, part, of the, uh, part of the wash cycle. And we'll, we'll discuss it at length when we deal with dishwashers. Most of the time, after they've done the initial wash with soap, there's a final rinse, some call it a sterilization, and that's a hot water-only rinse. So if soap only works when there's soap in the water, and the blea is going from dish A to dish B, and it hits the soap, and now it's plugging the blea, that worked 
during rinse number two, whatever. But the final set, the final sterilization, there's no soap in the water. So if you hold that there has to be pegima at all times, it, it, it's not going to help you. But if you say that once I had soap with hot water, even Yatsalev this boy, it kashered the keli, so that trafe and knife is no longer trafe. So even if they wash it in hot water, only, no, no soap anymore in a third rinse, with the uh, the brew basket or the latte wand, it wouldn't be a problem because there's no trafe ablia as well. So there's another machlaikas based on that machaber. That was the third consideration regarding pegima. And the fourth item which is not so uh, practical when it comes to sinks, but when it comes to dishwashers, this is a, a big, a major player, and that is bittel. Do we have shishim sixty times against the residue of any meat, or you left, you put the wrong fork in the dishwasher? So those are the four things that we have to take into consideration. Number one is the halachic sugi of not barnat. Number two, what type of keli is it? Is it keli klirisha and klisheni iroy? Number three, does what 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 uh, what role does soap play over here? And number four. The question of bittel. Okay. So, let's discuss sinks. And we're going to move somewhat from halachic uh, discussion to more practical in the kitchen uh, uh, points. So, let's say a person has a sink. You bought a brand new sink. You, you redid your kitchen and you have a sink. When you initially wash your, uh, your barbecue uh, equipment, your tongs and your spatulas, when you wash that in the sink. So what 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 could possibly go wrong here? So one second, I have hot water coming from the sink. It's hitting the spatula and maybe there's a blea and it's landing on the sink. So we have to take many, many uh, factors into consideration. I'm going to say over my understanding of Rav Moshe Shita. Rav Moshe has a very long chuva here on this topic. He also has other psukim that he told his Talmudim, so I'm going to uh, explain it the way I understand it from Rabbi Reisman, Shlita, and, my, and other Rabbeim, getting into what exactly could go wrong in a sink. Why is it that for that for many years in America, everyone only had one sink? Slowly, Baruch Hashem, people started redoing their kitchens, and when you could choose, you might as well have two sinks. And the question is, what were they relying on? Should one rely on it? And why is there a push to have two sinks? So the first thing that we have to understand is that when the water is heated in a boiler, so that boiler has the status of a klirishan. That's klirishan al ha'esh mamish. That is hot water in a klirishan. When it comes out of the sink, what is that? We would assume that is classic eroy klirishan. That's water coming from a keli that was on the fire. That is called Eroy Klirishain. What is that? So in Halacha, we have two clear Gedar. Uh, we have Klirishain. Klirishain in Mishnayis and Shabbos tell us that Klirishain is Mavashel. Let's say a person took uh, black pepper. Black pepper has not been cooked yet. And you want to add it to your soup. And you have soup that was on the black. You took it off the black, so it's no longer on the fire. And you add black pepper to it on Shabbos. Halacha is, this person was Mechal Shabbos. And this is the Raisa of Bishal on Shabbos. He's cooking black pepper, which was never cooked. He's cooking it in a klirishan on Shabbos. The Mishnayis in the in the, um, in the beginning of Mishnah Shabbos clearly say that's Usr. It's Usr the Raisa to cook in a klirishan on Shabbos. What if the soup was put into a klisheni? And you added, okay, pepper is not a good example because pepper is toddlin, but you added something else. 
for sure if you added pepper to it. Halach is klisheni enimavashel. A klisheni does not cook. The Gemara alludes to the fact that maybe certain items do cook in a klisheni, and therefore we're machmer on Shabbos not to cook, uh, not to put 99% of things into klisheni. Perhaps you could be making a klishlishi, Rav Moshe, making tea on Shabbos, tradition soup, instant noodle soup, all that, all those Shabbos discussions. But in halacha, klishen is mavashel. Klisheni is not mavashel at all, at least on a bidiyeva level, it's not mavashel. On Shabbos, don't put things there, but we hold klisheni is not mavashel. What about in between? In between klishen and klisheni. So we've learned this over the, the past few months, that eroi klishen, that when, when, uh, I'll give an example, you have water that was cooked in a klishen and it's poured straight from the klishen onto something, onto a surface or onto food, it's mavashel kidei klipa. It could cook kidei klipa the amount of the thinnest layer. That's how deep this bleel will go. That's called iroi et mavasho kedei klipa. There's an exception to that, and that is called iroi shenifsak hakiluach. What does that mean? Why is a klisheni, why do we say klisheni is ene mavasho? That if it's in a klisheni, it doesn't cook. So Toysvis tells us in Shabbos that tefanois mekarois, the walls of the keli cool off the water, cool off the, the hot contents, and it no longer has the power, the kayak to cook. So the Ramah tells us, and other parties can say that as well, that if the Eroy has stopped, it was nifsa, kakiluach, it hit uh, a counter, and now it's no longer attached to the original stream, it's nifsa, kakiluach, the stream has stopped, it has the status of a klisheni, it cannot cook. Now where machmir it might also cook a deklipa, but it doesn't have the status of doesn't have the same level of eroy anymore because it's nifsak hakiluach. It's very similar to a klisheni that it's no longer attached to that original source. So the question is, how do we understand, how do we look at, how do we view a sink? What is a sink? So there are a few, a few different shitas. The most makal shita, I, I've heard from my Reisman in the name of Rav Bik, that uh, sink is considered a klisheni. Why? Because you have so many pipes that the water had to go through. The pipe itself was cold, and therefore the, the pipes are defanis mekarais. It's cooling off the water. Eventually the pipe does get hot, but it's cooling off the water. That's defanis mekarais. He held it as the status of a klisheni. That is not an accept, it's, not, it's not been accepted by everyone, but one could definitely use it as a sniff lahaka, depending on the specific shayla. There perhaps we still have the defanis mekarais, the walls of the sink are cooling it off. Another header, this is Rabbi Reisman Paskins like this, if in your water system, your water, when you're washing dishes, if you have any amount of cold in it, it's not, uh, it's not totally hot. That means there's some cold water coming in. So he felt that that's also called Tefanis Makarais, that why do I need the walls to cool it off if I have cold water being added to it? And again, we're not talking about adding cold water to a klerishon. If the cold water is added to the water boiler, the water heater, that's a klerishon. It doesn't make a difference. But if water is added midstream, so why would it be different than it hitting a rock or hitting something else? It would also be considered irish and nifzakakiluach. And therefore, 99% of the time, unless someone has uh, desensitized hands, when you're washing dishes in a sink, you almost always have a little bit of cold water on. Now, if you don't, then that, that, we're not talking about that, but that would be another hector that the water coming out of your sink has the status of a klisheni. So you can go with our Vic, a global hector, all the water has the status of klisheni. 
or you go with uh, rubberizement, and as long as you had some cold water in the sink uh, on, then whatever you're washing would not get affected. Now, what I failed to mention is we're not dealing with tray for water. It's not like you had, uh, you know, hot uh, clam juice in your water heater, in your water tank. You have water. Water is kosher. Kosher, parv, right? Water is 100% kosher. So let's assume it is eroy clearition, that the hot water is coming out. What exactly could go wrong? So Ramosha says, eroy clearition only cooks kedei klipa. It only cooks kedei klipa, as we know. So let's say you had kosher. You had a piece of meat, and it's on the bottom of the sink. You dumped out, uh, I don't know, chalons or something in your sink. I was once in a bar park, one of the bathrooms. It has a big sign. I have it on my phone. Don't put chalons in the toilet. There's a big sign in uh, one of the stores in bar park. Okay. So you have chalons in the sink. Hot, uh, let's say cold chalons in the sink. And you turn on the water. And the hot water comes and it hits the chalons. Now, the hot water just made the chalons cham, hot, but only kidei klipa. Now, the chalant didn't get any bleas from water. Who cares? It, it's kosher water. I would need that the chalant has to get hot enough to, to now go spit out some flavor, only kadei klipa, onto the sink. That itself is a big chiddush to say that it happens. And Rav Moshe says, even if you do say that it happens when you're dealing with kosher, so then you could take a pen, take a marker, mark the spot that that piece of meat touched and you would need a hot piece of cheese or hot water hitting cheese on the floor of the sink to be on the same exact spot within 24 hours because if it's not 24 hours it's not by not everyone agrees it's not by not if it's not 24 if it's anyway so if Moshe says you're never really going to have any issue of trafe, making your sink trafe because you would need hot water to hit that part at the same time as uh, and, and heat up the meat that would heat up the sink and within 24 hours you would need the milk to actually touch that place. Now the truth is, what Moshe doesn't discuss in that chuba is let's say a person pours hot food straight into the sink. You took soup, chicken soup, you tasted it, nishgit, now you take the whole thing, you dump, you dump it in the sink. So you have 200 degree chicken soup going straight into the sink. Now, everyone agrees, that's Mavasha Kadei Klipa. It would indeed be Mavasha Kadei Klipa. So in that case, yes, you would have issues if you would pour hot food into the sink. Now, based on that Pesach of Moshe, we would say, Me'ikaradin, a person could have one sink. It would be highly unlikely to, to uh, trafe it up if you use it properly, meaning you're not using it at the same time. Use it at the same time. You also have to be creative. You'd have to have a piece of cheese and meat literally touching each other, or the spoons touching each other with some end and the hot water hitting it at that at that point. Again, your, your spoon is cold. You have to heat it up. But for the most part, you're not going to run into issues if you use it zachazad. That's the coolest shita of Rav Moshe Feinstein, and I'm going to discuss the the, the chumrah shita of the Milchas Yitzchak. Have you had a question? Uh, yeah, no, so you're saying that in the report is a sink and that pot, pot straight in, the pot is a clearishite. And so the irrigation makes the sink. Now I made the sink flashix, correct. Mamish flashix, but after 24 hours, Amisha says. Yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a problem, right. But, but not because of the points, 
Right, no, he, he's not talking about this case. I'm giving you an odd case. So hopefully no one does this where you're pouring it straight into the sink. So Ramosha tells you, we're going to get to what he says practically what to do. He says, okay. we're going to say it right now, he says to have two different racks. If you have two different racks, one rack for flesh, one rack for milk, you put that on the floor of the sink. So then even if you do dump meatballs and, and, and soup, as long as you remove the rack, so then I don't care. The bottom of my sink is treif. Big deal. doesn't bother me. It's not really treif. It has milk, flesh, but it's never going to touch my pots and therefore if a person only has one sink it's recommended to be clear it's recommended you don't have to but it's recommended to have two separate uh dish racks that you put into the sink when you're washing dishes and of course don't wash uh milkshakes and flesh at the same time additionally if you only have one sink you could run into covish issues this is a common question someone took a knife with butter cream cheese put it into a mug and then someone took a fork a fleshic fork put it into the same mug and there's water there for 24 hours throughout the whole shabbos throughout the whole uh and then you do have a question of kavush kavush is kimavushal so you have to be careful when you do have one sink because problems do come up people putting things in or dumping the hot chicken soup when they have milkshake dishes there but if you use it properly, you have a, you have a good uh, system in your home, there is nothing wrong with only having one sink. That is the Psaqa Ramosha Feinstein and why many people historically and even today, you, you get an apartment or you, you buy a home and you didn't uh, redo the kitchen to your liking. If you have one sink or you're on a vacation somewhere, whatever it is, there's nothing wrong with only, you know, Bungalow County, there's nothing wrong with only having one sink. It will be recommended to use two different dish racks. And of course, don't dump things in there that are hot, wait for it to cool off before spilling it out. Okay. Now, there is a tshuva from the Minchas Yitzchak. He does bring down that there would, that perhaps there would be a, the same heterim that Rav Moshe says, but he brings down other reasons to be machmer. He says, there's a machlekes in the achreinim, this comes up and ends up being a kula in the world of kashras, that if you have water that's a clear, that that's cooking in a clear rishon, and when we say irreclearition, perhaps irreclearition is only when I took the kettle off the fire and I poured a cup of cold, I poured a cup of hot water. So that pouring is irreclearition. But let's say the water is still attached to the heat source. For example, you have an electric kettle and it's still boiling and you pour, maybe that's not called eroy, that's called clearishan mamish, because the water is still attached to the heat source. That is the sheet of found in the Achroinim, and some place came machmer like that. Now, I'll give you two or three times, two or three places where we're makel. This would be a kula. Number one, let's say you're cashing your counters for Pesach. So the Mishabur, Mishabur brings down, there's a chumrah to use the Evan Milubenes, to use a hot stone right around, right where you're cashing the counters. Why? Because perhaps a Dover Gush, something very hot, that's a solid, fell straight on the counter. And it could be, the R sheet does it hold, you need to do Hagala, so to say, on the counter. You can't really do Hagala on your counter. You're not taking your counters and removing it and putting it into a, a, a truck of hot water. So if you have uh, Evan Milubenis, you have a hot stone there, it's somewhat as if you did Hagala and not simply Eroy, because the water hits the hot stone and it boils and you have a Hagala on the stone. It's very messy and dangerous and people don't like it. A very simple etzah is to use, a, again, you don't have to be machmer like this, but if you want to be machmer like the mishabura, to use a hot water kettle, and the kettle has a heating element inside the kettle, if it's on, or it was on and still hot, 
then the water was never removed from the fire. And according to this shita brought down the Minchas Yitzchak, you're doing Hagala. You're not doing Iro. You're doing Hagala because it's still attached to the water. That's Why what... isn't plugging it out as if it's removed from the fire? So again, if, if, the, it's still, if the heating element is still hot, it's still heating it. Again, it, it, it still boils, some of them. Or I've seen people, they have extension cords. They're schlepping extension cords while they're, while they're kashering. They're, they're pouring it. That would be one again. You don't, again we're not machmer, but if someone wants to do this, you, instead of ever mulubenis, you could do that. What? But a hot teapot, even if it's not connected, you take it right off the fire. It's boiling. So it's klirishon, but it's not. Right. Yeah. And when you pour element. it, it's iroy klirishon. Here we're right, saying the pouring is right. not called iroy; it's called klirishon. Right. So when you, when you mentioned the element of the cord, lavdafka. As long as it's mamish draws bottled up, who are they? No. No, no, no. One second. If you ask me, Rabbi, how do you kasher for Pesach? You could do what we do. Take it off the fire and pour it because right. the whole thing davergush this net we're not so machmer no problem but let's say you want you want to be machmer it's brought down in some achronim to use the evimulubenis to use the hot stone on your sink or on right. your counter so I'm telling you instead of using the hot stone get an, get a, either an extension cord or find take remove it from the kettle while it's still it's still boiling so it's ala eish mamish and do hagal and do iroy and that's called hagala because it's still ala eish. But why is that considered al H? Once you're disconnecting it, okay, it's no longer on the fire. Right? It's still heating it. No, I, I don't know uh, the mechanics. I think it's still it's still going. It, it takes a few seconds to cool off. They're saying the coil till the coil cools. Yeah, the off, coil is the still H. Called yeah, it's al H. But you think it's more. You think it takes a few seconds to cool off. Even though it's not connected in any way. I don't no, mean that the water cools off. I mean the the H. It's al H mamish. It's it's called. Uh, so we're focusing, water, the, the, coil, the coil is like the fire. That's what he's saying. Yeah, Abiyasi wants to say the pot is, like the is called the H. I don't know. Now, either way... It's so hot. The pot is hotter than the water. I hear. I don't know. That's called the... Yeah, uh, I, I the pot has a separate heating element. We're here. The heating element is going along with the pot. No, there's no element. Let's say the gray... No, it does have. It does have something inside. It gets heated. With you. Let's see if you take the grid with you, connect it to the... If the grid is hot, so that would be told us R that that's considered a that's considered a heat source, yeah. And we're saying the pot the pot kufa is hotter than the water inside it. The pot kufa right off the fire is fire. I hear. I don't know. It's a good question. I'm not sure. I don't know. I hear. According to these, uh, how how do you help? Okay, I'm not saying to do this. I'm just saying what people do. Next, another place where we make them is in the world of spray dryers. So we might have mentioned in the past. Any, any, most of these powdered foods that we see, they they were spray dried at some point. The way spray drying works in 17 seconds is you have a product that has a lot of moisture and you make it into a powder through various uh, drying processes. The simplest one is called spray drying. It's a very expensive piece of equipment and you spray dry it. it uh, a, a, a small mist of product goes into the chamber and by the time it hits the bottom of the chamber, it becomes a solid. Think about the garlic powder or um, whey protein powder. Those things are spray dried. Now, in the 1990s, there was a discussion of how to spray, how to kasher a spray dryer. What's the big shayla? So when it comes in, it's a liquid. And halachically, if treif came in, you had turkey soup, and they're making turkey soup powder, or chicken soup powder, non-kosher. It came in as a liquid, so we should do hagala. On the bottom, when it dries, it's a solid. It needs libun. Now, Libun means 900 degrees, blowtorches, no company is letting you blowtorch their $80,000 spray dryer, so blowtorching is out the door. But what does it need? Does it need Hagala? Does it need Libun? That's an excellent question. Now, in the 1990s, Ravelski had a tremendous kula 
This is one of his big uh, famous kulas in the world of Kashrus. There's a halacha that it's, it's quoted as, with different terminology, different terms. It's called the marda or, uh, or different uh, bakery pieces. The Bali Taisvis discussed that in their country, the, the, the local baker was, bakery was, was run by non-Jews and they had treif, treif uh, dough, lard, whatever they put in there. And the Christians would allow them to come, don't tell anyone, but they allow them to come on Sundays to make kosher bread, but they did not allow them to kosher. Now they were closed for the weekend, they were, I think they were closed on Saturday, they were closed for 24 hours. They let them come on Sunday, but you're not allowed to kosher. Now the question is, are you allowed to use kalim that have not been koshered? It's Eina Ben Yaimai, it's 24 hours since its previous use. Are you allowed to use it without koshering? So we've learned many times, you're not allowed to. It's, it, there's a gzair of, of Eina Ben Yaimai up to Ben Yaimai. You have to kosher before using it. However, Bidi Yaved, it's mutter. The food is mutter. So the, tais, the Bali Tais is paskin, that Shas Chak, Kediyeved Dami, and we are allowed to use these items even without koshering, as long as they are Eina Ben This is a famous Taisus, and it's quoted in Shulchan Aruch, I think in Simon uh, Kofzayin, we'll get to it, in Hilchus Taruvis as well. So Rabelski's at Sal Paskin that if you tell people, if you tell all the kosher manufacturers, you cannot use spray-dried products because there's no way to kosher it, that would be like the Yidin in, the, in France not having bread. It would be the same thing. We would not be able to have a kosher market. And therefore... We could be makel on Eina ben Now, it seems like a wild chiddush, but the truth is, you have to ask yourself, why do we kosher anyways? A non-Jew is allowed to make food on Eina ben Kalim. Let's say a non-Jew took, uh, this is a question asked to Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, he took margarine, he made margarine on dairy, chalavakim, chalavstam, kalim. It's technically parved because it was Eina ben That was the question they asked Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. It's technically parved, it was not used in 24 hours. Can we give Ashkoch and say, oh, you parv? They asked this to Rav Moshe Feinstein. So Rav Moshe said, halachically, it's parv, and the Nochri is allowed to do it, but he said, mechur hadavar. It's not nice. It's, it, it's, it's not right, perhaps in Choshimish, but to give Ashkoch on something when you're relying on that it's only mutter b'diyev. If I would do it myself, it wouldn't be kosher because I'm not allowed to do it. So it's mechur hadavar to give Ashkoch. But in this case, where you have no choice, you're, you're dealing with, ain't it with, a, with a spray dryer, and there's no way to kosher it. So Rabelski said, we'll do Hagala, whatever Hagala is. It's very hard to do Hagala on a spray dryer. You can't, you know, put in uh, three stories of, of hot water. It's not going to work. So Eni Ben he would be Mako, do some type of Hagala, and he was Mako. Now, in that discussion, I want to get back to what we're talking about. The question is, how do you do Hagala? Let's say you're not going to do leave one. How do you do Hagala in a spray dryer? Or... I was going to. I went to a company the other day. They make energy drinks, and in their the way they do it is that the product has to ferment. It's called a bright tank, bright stock tanks. The product has to ferment for seventy-two hours in a tank. Now, very nice, nothing wrong with it, lechayra. But if they just made grape juice in this tank, or other products that are non-kosher, dairy, and want to call a parv, we have to kosher these tanks uh, because of kavush. It's sitting there for twenty-four hours. At least lechatchila. So, how do you kosher a tank like that? They're not made to heat up water, and it, it doesn't have its own heating element. How are you supposed to kosher these these tanks? So Rabelski had a chiddush based on again this discussion that a constant flow from a heat a heat source. So you have your boiler, 
it's spraying water constantly. That has a status of klirishain, hagala, and a kakasher. Even though it's really eroy, for example, yeah, we spoke about kosher uh, tanker trucks. You have a tanker truck that hauled lard at 160 degrees, and that tanker needs to get kashered. You, there's no way you can't do hagala on a tanker. Where, where are you putting it? You can't put it into a pot of water. The only thing you do is spray hot water at it. So how does that work? How is that called hagala? That's eroy. That's not hagala. So the same hector that that uh, uh, the water, as long as it's still attached, it's coming from the klirishine, and it retains the heat and stays attached. That would also be considered a klirisha, not considered ira. That's that's one of the things that we, we discuss that comes up in kashrus. Again, it's a kula for kashrus, but it's a big chumrah, according to the Minchas Yitzhak, regarding sinks. That he says the hot water coming out of your sink would not be iroy, it would be klirisha mamish. If it's klirisha, then, then, then the blia would go into the entire sink. It wouldn't just be the klipa of that part. And therefore, the Minchas Yitzhak says at least l'chatchila, we should be machmir, and try to have two sinks, but these are other. Uh, these are the. This is the other side of the argument. What about the fact that it never gets that hot? Your sink will never get as oh, hot. So there's another hector, perhaps, that maybe my sink is not Yatzleves by. Rav Moshe says Yatzleves by is in a range of 110, 120 to about 160 degrees. That's what we would assume Yatzleves by is. Those who hold 212. No, 212 is Hagala, Kashering Hagala. Oh, but so they, they, it won't be. So they'll they'll say Yatzleves by across the board is is gonna is gonna trafe it up. Yeah, everyone agrees Yatz Levis by makes a trafe. The question is, how do you kasher? Do I need kabbalah kachbotoy, the same production uh, temperature, or do I say, uh, or do I say no? That I need to. And, and the numbers, the numbers on Bissell, the numbers on let's say what they say um, yayin, like uh, yayin. Yeah, so so Ramosha has a chiddush. Yeah, so according to that's the same thing. According to some poskim that say no marav, it has to be malarisicha two twelve or one hundred and ninety or something like that. Rav Moshe said, no, when it comes to mashke, when it comes to liquids, the definition of bishul is yatz levis by. So once it's above 160, 165, triangle K, 155, but uh, but uh, but Kedem, 165, okay, 170. Salem has the head that we're talking about or not? No, but he holds 212. Was, no, he still holds. Right. That once... Then what would he do with 160? That's not enough. Yatz levis by is not enough. He holds you need to have mal I'll give you another example. This is a classic example. You have Friday night. You have uh, you smell the chal on Friday night and it's burning. Your, your crock pot is it's too high. You forgot to make it lower. Your wife's very happy with you, and the chal is burning. Now, assuming the chal is fully cooked, sometimes you could have burning chal that's not fully cooked. You have to figure that out. But let's say it's fully cooked, but it needs more water. The question is, can I add hot water from my urn to my chal? Without getting into Chazara issues, halachalamaisa according to Rav Shlomo Zalman Rabbach and other poskim, you remove the crock pot, open it up, you take. A hot cup of water and pour it from your urn into the uh, into the uh, crock pot. I it's in a cliche. He holds this one big uh, movement. It's fine. But the price can ask in many urns, especially your Heimish urns, doesn't get to two twelve. The water got to one sixty. Barely, barely get a good hot hot coffee. So how could he do that? You're taking water that was one seventy five, and now you're putting it into a crock pot, and it's going to boil. You're going to see it boiling at 212. In fact, some place can say you cannot do that. But the way of Moshe Feinstein holds regarding mashke, that once liquids are above Yatzelevis boy, that's called cooked, fully cooked, 100% fully cooked. There's nothing wrong with it. You're allowed to take water and put it into the crock pot, even though it's now getting hotter. But once it's 160, that's called Mavushla Kotzarkoi. That applies to uh, to, to Yain so Mavushla as well. Sa- so according to the Salem, my sink will not be a problem. 
Because it's not one, it's not two. two no, it's so not one, one second. There's Blias, then there's, then there's Meloshal. So Blias, we have to be concerned any any time above 120, that's called Blias. Blias are going to transfer. But it's not fully cooked unless it's uh, 190 or, or in, in the Mala Resicha range. Okay, so I think we covered most of the uh, different you know, element discussions regarding sinks. Just to summarize, if a person has the ability to have two different sinks or two different counters or two different uh, dishwa, all these things, that's better. Nothing wrong with it. But let's say a person only has one sink. That's their apartment. That's their home. Nothing, nothing wrong. Nothing, nothing to be embarrassed. That's fine. One sink is okay. However, they should know. Make your adin. We pass on the Krav Maisha. As long as a person takes the food out, does not wash both milkers and fleshes at the same time, they come out will never have a problem. Uh, even if they dump hot food in there, it would be creative, you know, to actually make something usher on a subsequent washing. But the best thing to do is to have two separate racks so they're not putting hot uh, pots directly on the bottom of the sink. You're not dumping hot meatballs onto milchik things. You have separate racks, one for milchiks, one for fleshiks, and then you could use the same sink to wash uh, to wash both milchiks and fleshiks. Zach or zeh. But we did mention for the Minchas Yitzchak, he brought down other other uh, considerations. Maybe it's a klirishon and other and other uh, considerations. Um, and again, just two more, two more points on this. Number one, we're not dealing with treif. When you're dealing with the treif sink, you lose the heter of nat bar nat, as we mentioned. So treif sinks would be a whole different discussion. And in fact, if we were giving ashkach on a, on a new uh, restaurant or something, we would kasher a treif sink. The second thing is that commercial sinks. Not everyone knows this. We were kashering a nursing home recently. I was showing the mashikh that the commercial sink has its own heating element. There's a heating element to the sink, so that when you have th- you have a three-sectional sink. There's there's a power on. You you fill the sink with water, and it actually heats up the water in the sink itself, so that it's easier to wash dishes. It doesn't get too hot, but officially it's supposed to get 170, 180 degrees. That sink has the status of a klirishon, and when you're kashering, you have to you have to figure out how to really kasher it because Eroy is not going to work in that situation.